up? Welcome to the show. It's Brian. It doesn't sound the same right now. It's usually the call-in show, but it's not happening because uh, we didn't have keys to the uh, studio. So sorry to all the people that got on hold early, like good people. And then uh, we didn't end up showing up. But uh, it's Street Fight, the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. We've been doing this for seven years. That was good. I did it. I that did was it. Good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. It still sounded like I was reading. So tonight, uh, for the Colin show this week, I had uh, I had it planned. I set everything up, and I had uh, a great guest to sit down in there with me and take calls. And that's uh, but he's here now at my house, and it's Drew Toothpaste. Say hi, Drew. Hey, what's up, everybody? And uh, I have Josh is sitting here too, just like he does sometimes on the call-in show. So hey, folks. he's sitting at the table with us with a bunch of snacks. Uh, how's it going? How are you guys feeling? That's how we usually start the call-in show. Is we do do how what, how was your weekend? Yeah, I'm good, man. I uh, uh, Brian and I <laughs> talked about this earlier. It was like it was like uh, 89 out today and it had the feels like you guys seen the feels like that i don't get the feels right. like God, here's what i think about the feels like that's the temperature oh <laughs> shit okay look okay you got me on some shit now because um i actually this is the one thing i fight about with my wife is that wind chill is not real no that's the temperature wind you chill f- is the temperature <laughs> you cannot convert a, a temperature and a and a speed of wind into one measurement and and use it to sell your weather broadcast by saying, oh, the heat index, so oh, it feels like 200 degrees. No, it doesn't feel like 200 degrees. It feels like Ohio. It feels mm-hmm. like August uh, August 5th in Ohio is what it feels like. Yeah, I don't. I just think feels like seems like a really weird metric because, like you said, first of all, how do you even do that like how do you just be like oh it's 90 degrees but you know it it doesn't feel like it's 90 degrees (laughs) oh oh and you know okay so um so this is actually why we fight because i'm actually uh so i have my own reasoning for this um my wife is actually like she has meteorological training and she has charts that correlate like the humidity and the wind speed and stuff but I I refuse to believe it because I'm like super stubborn. <laughs> so she actually she actually knows more than me about it. But uh, that's the way of the world, right? Yeah. Well, I mean that that's the cool thing that has happened on the internet and stuff is that like I mean basically we've all learned that experts don't know anything more than we do. You know this is well, I mean they know more. They like it's funny because we'll like. Like on Twitter or something, you'll yell at somebody who's a PhD, like, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know anything. And it's like, well, they did devote their life to it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fucking know anything. Fuck you. You know, actually what happens, though, I think, is that like, uh, like it's a guy like Richard Dawkins is who convinced me of this. Because like Richard Dawkins is always talking sociology stuff, but he's just a biologist. All he knows about is biology. Like that's, he just acts like he gets to act like he's an expert and people will be like, he's like, Oh, don't get why people like, uh, why people think there's a Jesus. And it's like, I don't know, man. Why don't you let the people that understand that explain that instead of you, who is just like making shit up. That's how all those guys end up being racist. I think it's because they think they're experts. And then they're like, 
I don't know. Well, it's twenty. It's twenty eighteen. Our ignorance is worth exactly as much as everybody else's learning. <laughs> I just I heard that you just got an email. I didn't get an email. I my uh, my my speakers are on, and I'm I'm looking at a news story that I'm gonna do in a few minutes, and there's video, and I'm panicking, thinking the video is gonna come on and start going. So I'm like, Ugh. but yeah, I I just. Like, a lot of those experts have proven to be, like, dumbasses about every... Like, I guess it was also going to college. Like, with the PhD people, you're like, you're kind of fucking stupid. Like, you know a whole bunch of stuff, and you're smart, and, like, you know a lot about, like, romantic poetry and shit like that. But that doesn't mean you fucking know anything about anything else. It means you probably know less about other things. (laughs) Well, that because you can't, you know, if you're devoting your life to one subject, you don't have the time to spend on the internet like we do. Yeah, and learning everything. I don't know, though. A lot of listeners to this show are PhDs or, or grad students. I'm always like, how, how did you get... Like, we were doing a live show the other... We just did a live show at Ace of Cups last week, and one of the guys started talking to me and was like, uh, hey... uh, you know, I'm a PhD and a lot of people or I'm a, I'm a grad student and a lot of people in my unit or whatever those are, are like uh, a, a, a my unit or like whatever their classes are, like my class section, listen to your show. And I'm like, why? Like, why? Like you guys like are smart and know things and we're not smart and don't know things. <laughs> and you just well, listen to the show. Well, yeah. Like you guys are on, you guys are in training. You're on the career path to be part of the bourgeoisie. That's right? well, yeah, I guess. I yeah. mean, maybe I, I, I always, if they're, if they stay in academia, then no, no. Yeah. But if they go out and they work for, you know, uh, some company, that's what bums them out. I, I think a lot of people get bummed out. Like the, Like, it's so weird when people will come to me and be like, I've never done a hard job. I'm kind of mad about it. I'm like, let me tell you something about people that do hard jobs. They don't want to do them either. (laughs) I think, no, I think that's so good. And I think everybody ought to make their kids get, get like normal shitty jobs. Because then, I mean, uh, like I, I worked in a can factory. And that was, that, you know what I did? So I mixed ink. So there was a big table, and it had a glass top, and you would weigh out amounts of ink, and you had these two big spatulas, and you would stir them up, but the ink would only cure under UV light, which meant that I would go home with wet ink all over myself and my shoes and everything, got all over my apartment. I worked there for like four or five weeks. Actually, the reason why I worked there is because um, the... The guy that was working there, and this was in like 2001, uh, but the guy that was working there left because uh, he met a woman on AOL chat and he was moving to Hawaii from Ohio to to be with his with his online girlfriend. And I never figured out what happened because I... That is a story that you would really like to know the end of because that is a I would. enormous, like, I mean, it's like going anywhere else. Like, I always think about, like, people that move to Hawaii, and I'm like, God, you're so far. Like, you, you to get home, you have to have the money to get on the plane to get home. Like, you're fucking trapped if you're in Hawaii, unless you have money. Obviously, that's why a bunch of people with money go yeah. there a lot. I've never been there. I'd love to see Hawaii. That seems like a, a real cool place. Well, I, well, I have kind of... 
you know, I manage it the best I can. I have pretty bad anxiety. And when I think about Hawaii, I just think about the lava flow. And to me, that's like, you know, those Mario levels where like you're going and the lava kills you, but then it pushes you the whole time. It pushes you from the side of the screen. So you have to keep moving. <laughs> and then it keeps speeding up and then the music speeds up and you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. And that's like, I, that's why I won't ever go to Hawaii. I just I, think it's going to be like the lava level, dude. I'm always being like, Brett, how many listeners do we have in Hawaii right now? Like, <laughs> how many things are we mailing there? How many, like, are there people listening on Hawaii? Because, like, Hawaii has its own, like, ecosystem, entertainment ecosystem, too, right? Because, like like national acts don't swing through there like they do here like we're in the middle of the country you know they're going back and forth like a band stops here and they do the show but in hawaii like you have to be at a certain level to even get to do something there like they probably don't get a lot of cool punk concerts there you know like punk bands that make like $40 $40 on their shows aren't making it to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, and like they always have like different stars and different, like it seems like a different country. I don't know why they, I don't know why they have to be America. I'm sure most of them don't want to be. So we stole it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It used to be, it used to be a country. That's right. We stole it and just basically pasted our, well, we put, like missiles and stuff there too, but we basically just pasted our name on it. Like, well, we, you know, <laughs> I know you guys do your own thing here, but uh, we just added a star to the flag. So, <laughs> sorry, you're stuck. <laughs> it's like, I wonder what happens like when people talk about making Puerto Rico a state. Like, are they going to redesign the flag, or are they just going to leave it at fifty stars? Like, because how do you add the one star? And, like, uh, is it really, like, do you have to? You know, like, I just feel like they're never going to change the flag again unless our official flag is the Blue Lives Matter flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, I, I, so I've thought about it, and it's 17 by 3 for 51, right? Because 50, right? Yeah, yeah. This, but that's too long. Yeah. So then you've got, like, fewer stripes and, and more, like, the larger blue canyon or something. Which is, let's get rid of the flag, you know? I mean, and, fuck, and, the, fuck the flag. I think, he, <laughs> see, here's the thing, is that it's going to be perfect if they make Puerto Rico a state because then it's like, you know, normal people will go out and burn the flag. Like, I don't, this is, in, this is out of date now. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck it. Like, and then, because there's so many... Okay, because there's so many rules, right? Because all the cop suckers say you got to take it and fold it up into triangles, and you got to kiss it, and you got to bury it, and you got to kiss the ground where you bury it. <laughs> and it's like just fuck. Because the normal people are going to be like, "Fuck it," they're going to take it out at midnight. They're going to throw it in an oil drum, which we all have in our backyards in Ohio. We're going to throw it in an oil drum next to the spare tire, and they're going to fucking burn the flag so they don't have to do the whole ritual. Yeah, I. You know, my my father-in-law is really into flags. And, like, if one's ripped and he, like, drives by it, he's like, fuck, that flag's... You know what I mean? Like, he's mad about the flag being ripped. And he's like, you know, you got... And he once told me that he doesn't do the flag ceremony. He doesn't, like, do the flag burning ceremony around me because he's afraid I'd get up and start waving it around. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the guy... He's the guy from the from the Star, uh, from the Star Spangled Banner song. <laughs> <laughs> The fight, like the thing about it is like so when Street Fight started, 
you we would talk about like hating America, right? And like it was sort of an edgy thing. Like the show was like kind of it was edgy to say that stuff. It's like not anymore. So we're looking at five years till we're regularly burning flags. Like when we're just like if Donald Trump went on TV yesterday and was like America's not great and it burned a flag, then all those conservatives would be like, it's okay to burn a flag if you're mad at America. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like things have happened, things have been rolling so, have gone so badly in the past, like, five or six years that, like, our opinion, I think the reason our show gets bigger is because our opinion becomes more and more mainstream. <laughs> I think, like, I, I just, there was a time where, like, we would do this show and, like, people would get like there would be people that listen and send emails about like you don't like the flag you just move and shit like that and it's like uh we've moved past it now i think i used to i usually like we had these little flags in the house for a while that somebody handed my daughter at a parade i don't like that they do that either like hand out the american flag at parades but they handed her an american flag and every year on the 4th of July, I had like four of them. And for four years, I just went and sat on my front porch and lit them on fire and watched them. <laughs> well, I, I live, uh, uh, I live in, and it's always funny. Uh, there's a huge 4th of July parade in my neighborhood. I right? go to it. Oh, you go to it? Well, I go to the fireworks there and like I've been to the parade. I don't get up early okay. enough for parades now, but I have been there. No, I don't. No, I don't go to the parade because I'm always like. You know, there's no school. I'm not getting up at 8 in the morning. And then, like... Because you can't park there, so you have to walk there. So I get up at, like, 7.30 in the morning. No, it's not going to happen. Like, my kid wouldn't be into it either. I mean, parades she doesn't suck. Like, like, she not like waking up. Parades suck. Like, most parades suck. Like, it just... That was something you did before there was TV and, like, football and stuff on TV. Like, where we all gather together and kind of... You know what I mean? Like, a parade was, like, exciting because it was, like, I mean, you know, it's a special... Like, the Super Bowl Sunday is, like, our equivalent to a parade now, I think, where it's, like, people get so excited for it. I don't think anybody's excited for parades except for the people marching in them. Oh, no. No. And it's, like, it... And if you're in a marching band, like, that's sweet. Yeah. Like, otherwise... Because you can't play your fucking tuba at home. I know this guy (laughs) who plays a, a, a tuba... And he, he has, like, a bunch of tubas. He's in marching band and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it And it sounds like it's really fun. But, like, everybody at the parade is, like, watching a parade. And, and everybody's <laughs> dopamine is fucked up. Everybody's dopamine has been fucked up since we got Nintendo. Like, that's what started it. Like, when Nintendo came out, that basically... Okay, so I don't believe in free will, for one. But... I, I think that when Nintendo came out, that basically guaranteed that our future was going to be that we are all so fucked and so desperate for dopamine that a parade, that, like, talking to a stranger at the library, like, this shit doesn't do anything for anybody no. anymore. This, <laughs> is why, this is why everything's falling apart. Whether, whether, you know, I love Nintendo, but fuck it. I mean, that, that's what ruined everything. <laughs> Talking to a stranger at the library now is like, uh, it, I, I think like is like so rare because like I have this theory about stand up comedy, this really weird like theory about stand up comedy, how in like the 90s. It was just all sarcasm. You know what I mean? Yeah, everything yeah. was sarcasm and everything was like, oh, I hate people. People are stupid. Shit. You know what I mean? Like that was basically 
what comedy was at that for the 90s all the way up until now it's still like that really i mean there are things we're doing stuff that's not that's not overly sarcastic and mean. And I think a lot of the popular stuff now has, has moved away from it. But like, I think that it, it convinced normal people that that's the normal way that you're supposed to think. So like, like there were, there are probably people who were like super outgoing people that are now just like convinced in their mind that every person they talk to that they didn't choose to talk to is an idiot. You know? <laughs> I, th- I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, I have a theory about this. Um, I actually got in a, lot of, in a lot of trouble. I mean, I don't think the trouble is real, but a lot of people got mad at me um, because I said on Twitter a while ago, do you remember Daria from Beavis yeah. and Butthead? Yeah. Well, she did a spinoff show, and the spinoff show was called Daria, and I just posted, I said, hey, you know what? I think that this show Daria, like, normalized very toxic antisocial behavior for uh, this this generation generation Y or whatever generation uh-huh. was watching it at the time I think it, it normalized this very toxic behavior and it normalized just like you said all the sarcasm and everything and I don't think that's a very happy way to go about your life I think people should seek authentic human relationships and people should make emotional connections to other people and maybe not view everything through this film of sarcasm and of course i said it on twitter which was the wrong fucking place (laughs) right because everybody on twitter is like daria was actually fucking great you need to kill yourself yeah (laughs) i'm like no you know i can you know and of course i fucked up because i was like who's with me and the internet's like nobody (laughs) (laughs) i think it like yeah, Daria is a good example of, of like, the kind of thing. That, like, even, like, uh, it's it's hard for me to, like, a Louis C.K. had this way of talking about his kids that has become now the way that people talk about their kids, like, they're stupid idiots or whatever. Yeah. And, and, like, I just, I feel like we take our cues a lot from entertainment, but we, like, never admit that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, when, when I mean, Brian, uh, you and I both work from home so like the people that we interact with are like heavily online or whatever but when we had normie jobs the people at our jobs would just say like stuff from tv and whether it was stuff from friends or stuff from stand-up comedy or like the old bit from the office where uh uh, you know, somebody would do a Chris Rock joke, and of course, it would be inappropriate because of, <laughs> yeah. because of the context and, and X, Y, and Z. Uh, people all take their things they say from the media, and I, I think that Louis C.K. and stuff like that definitely normalizes it, maybe in a <laughs> negative way. Yeah. I always talk about that. Like, I, I always talk about like you're you're exactly right. A lot of like the people that I worked with at my last. I had two jobs when I graduated college, two like little, like they were part-time jobs where the other people that worked there were full-time. And I just got there because I was about to go to grad school and shit and I needed a place to work and make a little bit of money. And uh, I also drove for Lyft for a while. But like the biggest thing with my coworkers was that like most of their jokes were from movies or like movie quotes or like a funny thing they saw on South Park or a funny thing they saw on the, on Family Guy and like that was most of their attitude and the attitude of those shows is like 
bad. You know, yeah. it's like a bad and and like I don't think that like I don't think the the people who wrote Daria intended to like have people like they a lot of times you're like satirizing yeah the thing you know like you're you're being like you know kids are sullen and and teenagers are a pain in the ass and they're sullen and they're always mad and they they talk about each other like they're shit and stuff like that so i'll make a tv show about that or like they talk you talk about like breaking bad like that show where like all those people started rooting for him the worse he got like people loved him more you know breaking bad and Mad Men. yes those are two shows about assholes. Why do people admire them? <laughs> yeah. Madman, that's exactly right. It's like a, a person's an asshole. And like, because like, I follow like a lot of normal people Facebook groups. Because I'll just, like my my policy on Facebook is I log on and anytime I see a page I'm not following that somebody shares, especially people from high school, it's not as much anymore because, you know, they're sharing the share zone and like it's all people, <laughs> not the people from high school, but the people that that like congregate around me. Now, I got a lot of fans as friends on Facebook and that kind of changed the way of fans and peers and stuff like that as friends on Facebook. And that changed my algorithm from people I went to high school with and seeing people I went to high school with. It changed it to seeing you know, leftist and, yeah. and people like that. Yeah. So like it's changed. But anytime somebody from high school shares something from a group called like, I'm a bitch and I love it. <laughs> I like that page. I like all of them. And it's just like, there is a whole kind of personality out there of like one, it's either they, they think that every woman or every man is cheating on, like they think relationships are <laughs> fucked up because all their relationships are fucked up yeah. and never yeah. to trust anybody. Yo, yo, nobody has real friends out there. You don't trust anybody, you know, like that kind of thing. Or there's like, I'm just mad at the world and I hate everybody and everybody's dumber than me. And I think that's like the most common type of comedy that exists in the broader world. That's, I mean, it explains Donald Trump to the T, dude. He's a guy that never says he's wrong and calls everybody else dumb. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, you know, I, I kind of had a moment with Facebook where I like resigned from Facebook. <laughs> Not, and, and you know, I didn't make a public you statement. You didn't do a medium post about oh why you're leaving Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't post on medium. You didn't pin a tweet and say, I'm going to leave these tweets here for <laughs> posterity's sake. <laughs> I, I didn't make a I did not make a goodbye post no, but um, it was it was during the election and I just realized I was like you know if I continue to use Facebook like my friends friends and and um, you know if somebody is your friend's friend that means that you know them but they're not your friend on purpose. Right. Yes. So if you ha- so if your friend has a friend and you're not friends with them and you've like met them more than once, like they're not your friend on purpose because you don't like them. But these fucking people, these like second degree connections, are the ones that just ruined Facebook. Because like my friends that I have, if if I'm your friend on Facebook, like you're fucking cool, right? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, but then those people have friends because my friends are really nice good people and they have and they're very charitable and they give people the benefit of the doubt so some of them know some real assholes 
And these people might come on if, if I post something, let's say, during the 2016 election and, and, and uh, you know, tell me things about myself because I, I made a comment about something political and I thought, this is going to drive me fucking nuts. Whereas on, on Twitter, I can post this stuff and everybody on Twitter is like somebody I don't know. And I don't know if you ever saw this old original Twilight Zone episode. I used to love the old Twilight Zone. And I realized this is exactly what we said, where, where you know, everybody's, sure. everybody's references are coming <laughs> from media. But there was this old Twilight Zone episode where this guy brings this box to this woman. And he says, uh, there's a button on this box, and look, you push this button, and somebody you don't know will die, and you'll receive a million dollars. And so she sets the box on her table, and, and she agonizes over it. She agonizes over it. She, she thinks about it, and finally she's just like, fuck it. And she didn't say that, because it was the 1950s. She said, freak it or something. <laughs> but So she finally slams that fucking button, and then there's a knock on the door, and the guy... And the guy shows up and he's like, all right, you press the button. And she's like, well, what are you going to do now? And he takes the box and he goes, I'm going to bring it to somebody you don't know. <laughs> God, that show was so fucking genius. I wish I watched black and white shows. I'm sorry that makes me sound like an ignorant idiot. But I almost can't watch TV shows or uh, movies that don't have cell phones in them now. Because I get so yeah. furious and like, oh, God. Technology sucked back. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just what he was saying about the Nintendo. We're so overstimulated now. Yeah, yeah, and it was just. Uh, I, I would love to now. I might watch them, but I get frustrated. I like old timey stuff. I I've always had this like thing against old timey stuff since I was even a kid. Like yeah. I hated vaudeville. Like when people would be like, "Have you all heard of this?" this vaudeville and I'm like ah, it fucking sucks or the music back then oh it no. fucking sucked oh, no. and I was like oh it, fuck this stuff that wasn't any no look like I said uh, the human species was destined uh, was destined to create rap okay like there's no two ways around it like rap was gonna happen because rap is the fucking best yeah and so like there's just you know uh, uh Big band and swing and stuff was just like a, a step on the pathway to jazz. They were holding off. They, yeah, like, yeah. They were like the beginning of it. God. Or when you say, like, I used to watch Boardwalk Empire on like, HBO. Yeah. I used to watch that show. And every once in a while, they'd like, you know, be doing like this shot of a casino. And there would be a comedian. And they would like stop on him while he told some jokes and be like, I tell you, my wife, she's dumb. And I'd be like, God, things sucked back then. (laughs) Well, that's why people liked parades because they're like, fuck it, at least I'm not at like a burlesque show. (laughs) I always say, I always say that, like, uh, yeah, there, there's a burlesque bar downtown and like I or down in uh, down in a neighborhood here. I've never been to it. And people say it's like really cool. And I'm just like, oh, man, it's that old timey thing. Just I, I do not. I don't have 
Well, it's not nostalgia because I wasn't alive in the 50s. Yeah. But I just don't think things were good back then <laughs> or, or any time before now. Usually it's like, I just, the late, that's why I only, that's why I feel like so dumbed down. Like I feel like the suburban dad that like I didn't want to become because like basically now the only movies I'm watching are those stupid fucking comic book movies. Like it's the only thing I go to the theater to see. I don't even know what else they're making. And I don't know why I'm doing it. I feel like I'm stuck in this weird rut where I just, I want to know the newest thing. I've convinced myself. And I was always like this growing up. I was like really into pop culture. So like MTV, like I only watched MTV. Like I watched it from the time I got up till the time I went to bed. And I needed to know the latest popular thing. And at the time it was like, well, I have a lot of other interests too. I listen to cool music and stuff like that. But I've kind of stopped all that stuff and just started <laughs> paying attention to the mainstream movies. It's bumming me out a little. But uh, I think it's that weird, like, I don't like, I don't like to like go back. I don't like old things for well, some reason. I can't figure out why. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. Because you, you understand what society was like. For people, you know too much. If you were totally fucking ignorant, you would be like, I remember the time when men were men. Well, no, because you could fucking hit your wife and your wife would go, your wife would be like, my husband is beating me. And the cops would be like, well, that's what husbands do, man. Like that was not, that was only a good time if you were a rich white male. And yes, today, 2018, also only good if you're a rich white male. But, like, maybe, hopefully, getting better. And better now than it was in the 50s. And more people have civil rights. You know, people of of different sexual orientations can get married. People of different races can get married. And and things are not, not great, even. But things are better. And, like, when I think about people honking around on French horns, pretending like it's the 1930s and doing the fucking Charleston. I'm like, do you know what they used to do to people? (laughs) Do you know? Do you know that you could work in a factory and they'd lock all the fucking doors and the factory would catch on fire and everybody would just die? Do you know that? Or you'd be like, you know, back when this stuff was going on, like back when all the fun, like, uh, I don't know, like back when some like it hot, was being filmed like if a if a girl got pregnant and wasn't married she had to move to another town (laughs) i don't uh, yeah it's that romanticizing the past well because it also like because that's sort of what like patriotism is too is like romanticizing something that sucks you know like 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 i i know people that i know people that only read books by white men about the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, and then are like, I'm a real history buff. <laughs> and that's all it fucking took before the internet, though. That's this is like I would get into arguments with people and they'd be like, Well, you know, Thomas Jefferson once said, and then they ramble off a quote, and I'll be like, Oh, okay, like, you're right. Okay, Thomas Jefferson was right. And then when I started to see people being like, man, Thomas Jefferson was a fucking idiot. And he, like, owned slaves and stuff. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. my God, you can call those guys dumb? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can think the Constitution sucks? <laughs> I can't even believe that you can think that. I, like, never... It didn't dawn on me until Street Fight started that you could say, that stuff sucks. Like, this stuff isn't good. It's bad. Because, like, we are really trained... 
to think that first of all there was a time before us that was better. Yeah. And that and that goes with everything. We all do that. That is a human trait. And I'll tell you why I know this. Brett and I went to see Ween last week, right? I've never seen him. I don't know anything about Ween. I just went to a Ween concert because somebody gave me free tickets and we had mushrooms. So we go see this concert and we're leaving. And behind us, there's these guys talking, right? And one of the guys is like, oh, man, that was a great concert. And the other guy was like, yeah, it was great. That was just the best time. I just had the best fun. They're talking about how much fun they have. And then the guy's like, this is the second best wing concert I've ever been to. And then Brett and I started laughing. And Brett started saying, like, yeah, I went to a better concert, but you weren't there. It was, like, just a lot better, but you didn't show up because you aren't there for the good thing. And, like, we do that. I think I do that. Like, I still do that. Like, if you miss something, and I'm like, oh, you missed that. You you missed Ant-Man and Wasp on opening night. <laughs> because people were cheering for the movie or whatever. And it's like, you didn't miss shit. You didn't miss anything. And, but uh, we do that. Like, we just do it in the macro sense, too. We're just like, you know, people, people in the 1700s really... They, like, cared about America. And they wanted America to succeed. And I'm like, it was probably... America probably seemed like it was going to kick ass before the whole thing got rolling. Well, Does yeah. that make sense? Like, when people were, like, selling you America and they were like, this thing is going to rule. This is all this freedom, all this liberty. You can do all this stuff. And then, like, people were like, okay, I'm in. And then it started and they're like, shit thing like now we're stuck in it and so here's the thing where so you go back to the 1700s you go back to the founding fathers where the fuck were the founding mothers and you know what there were no founding mothers because every single woman at the time was cooking 12 hours a day listen they had a little bit of corn and wheat and the women were in the fucking log cabins that shit sucked they were grinding that shit up with like two or three rocks. Like, I'm not even making this up. They had rocks. They ground <laughs> the shit up with rocks, mixing it with water, cooking it on this shit ass stove, or like putting it on a fire. Yeah. Right? And, be- and Ben Franklin walks around and, and is like, Well, I've got some great ideas for democracy. Well, who cooked your food, motherfucker? Yeah, 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 exactly. Or, or like, I read this thing, and this is gonna be fucking completely inaccurate don't like believe that this is like a real thing but it's something that i built in my mind from a history book that i read and it was just a really short little part of it right and they're talking about how they called a constitutional convention all these fucking rich white guys show up of course because they're willing they can show up they don't have anything else to fucking do men of leisure basically they show up and then a bunch of like farmers show up like regular ass fucking poor farmers. And the first thing they did was cut them out of it. <laughs> and I think about that all the time. Like, man, they didn't fucking care. Like this thing was built for like those guys. That's it. They made a thing for them where they got to be in power all the time. And it's just been like for how for 200 years or Fuck, it's probably more than... It's way over 200. But you know what I mean? For like 250 years almost, they've just continually consolidated it. And it goes yeah. into the hands of yeah. all the same fucking people. All of them. Like, you know, people will be like, oh, uh, 
Jay-Z's rich. I'm like, not that kind of rich. Not not like Rockefeller rich. You know what I mean? Right. He's a different kind of rich. Like they're they're and he's gonna consolidate his richness now. That money is gonna go generation to generation to generation, and people the those people are gonna grow up better while other people don't have anything when they start out. Like, I don't know, but me and you me and Drew and I live in like a neighborhood or two neighborhoods where like these kids are starting at such a higher level than I started at at my redneck school growing up that I like see it and I'm like, that's one of the ways that I figured out there's no justice. Like we're not all starting from the same place and like only a few people get to start from this spot that my kid's starting at. Which isn't like great, but it's in a school district where people care and the teachers make money, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and so here's the fucked up thing. Here's what's so fucked up is that you have a responsibility as a parent to say, look, I I live in Ohio, so we can move. I mean, Ohio, the cost of living here is very, very low. I mean, there were were years where I made like $6,000, $8,000, and I was fine. Like, I ate. I was never hungry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and so when you have a kid, you suddenly have this responsibility. And you you say, hey, look, I, you know, if I can move to this neighborhood and it really doesn't cost that much compared to, like, moving to a nice neighborhood in New York where you go to a nice PS or whatever, moving to a nice neighborhood in D.C., moving to a nice neighborhood in, uh, uh, you know... Uh, uh, some other large city, I don't know, Miami, Portland. San, San Francisco, <laughs> Portland, whatever the fuck, right? So you have responsibility. So you you are obligated to feed into this system, right? And you're obligated, and and so you're always at war with yourself, saying, "Look, how can I tell my kid that, like, number one, number one, this is not normal." Right, that there's like 20 kids in your class. That's not fucking normal. Number two, you have books in my daughter's school district. They give them iPads. Yeah, that's absurd. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is which is. Uh, and let me just say that um, fucking, it's stupid. Kids shouldn't have iPads in school. Kids should like learn math so they can be able to do basic math. Like last year. Uh, my kid in her class uh, had iPads, and a lot of the time the teacher would let him play on the iPads because the teacher's like, fuck it, I'm going to like chill on my computer yeah, or whatever. I would too. That's and, a teacher and, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, she, uh, and so the kids in the class, I'm not even lying, my, the kids in the class had something on their iPad where they could mine something called Dogecoin, which is like a Bitcoin derivative thing. And they were generating, these kids were mining Bitcoins in class rather than <laughs> learning her times table. And I had to teach her the times table. Did you, you should have been like, I mean, if Back you got a, in my day. <laughs> if you got a cut of that, that would be, not, I, well, I had to share books with people in, in high school because I went to a fucking hillbilly high school where they didn't, like, basically, like, 
It was very, I mean, I lived in a very working class neighborhood, which means that they don't have money for you to be raising their taxes, you know, for the schools. Right. So they can't vote for the levies. And like, I used to get so mad about it growing up, like, oh, they, they should care about education and shit. But it's like when my, if my rent goes up a hundred or two hundred dollars this month, I can't even pay to live here anymore. So I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I don't know how much. I don't know how much property taxes are, but I just understand the impulse of not wanting more bills if you're just barely skating by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, my my uh, my wife's sister teaches up in Cleveland and uh, the these kids, at least at a school she used to teach at this. The kids didn't have books and there were like armed security guards around yeah. because uh, uh you know that I guess the security guard thing, like the the fake cop thing, is like neither here nor there. Whether or not that's that's necessary is neither here nor there. But the kids didn't have books. They had uh, uh, they would have like these things they print off and like keep from year to year. And it's like they just didn't have the ability to to give these kids any kind of education. I keep trying to tell my kid this, like, look. Like, you not only have books, you have iPads and you play, like, Number Munchers 2.0 and you fuck around in class and you do all this stuff. And and it's great. But I can't, like, I, I cannot, as a parent, be like, okay, you need to see what reality is like. Like, you're going to go to this, uh, you're going to go to a, a normal school district and see what it's like. Because she would get a shitty education and then, uh, like, I have the means to provide that for her. Because Ohio is cheap as shit. So I can send her to the good school district. So I have to. I have to. You, I mean, but, you know, if you're anything like me, you also did have to hustle to get to the school district. Like, I'm, like, you know, my apartment is not nice. It's nice compared to probably a lot of other people's but it has no updates you know i don't have a dishwasher i just had to take my own carpet up myself and do the floors myself and uh like i got an apartment that was very cheap it was under a hundred it was under a thousand dollars a month and i'm just gonna stay here until it's time to leave unless something happens where i i get kicked out but i'm just gonna stay here until my daughter graduates so i can be here but if if i lost this apartment i don't know if i'd be able to find another <laughs> like apartment oh, for yeah. this amount of money here <laughs> well i mean i've looked at i mean i've looked at houses in this neighborhood and they're in they're really expensive and if anybody's listening to this from you know san francisco new york portland you know big metropolitan areas where shit costs a lot uh, Toronto, right? Uh, you're going to be like, oh, you know, $200,000 for a house. That's nothing. But that... Nobody... They don't pay enough. To, no, they're... To, like, no, we don't get no. paid as much either is the thing. Like... No, so I got buddies out in the Bay Area and they can get a job and they can make a hundred grand doing something. And, you know, the rent or, or the mortgage or whatever costs proportionately higher. Whereas if you got a, a tech job out here, you would not be making $100,000. Make forty, probably yeah, 40000 yeah. to start. Yeah, I was looking. There's a place that trains you and they train you to code in this thing called Ruby. I don't know anything about it. But nice. it's like, fuck it. I can like learn to code in something because I, I do that kind of stuff. And they pay you forty thousand dollars. Is yeah. basically what they pay you. Which, and uh, I, 
And of course, I live in Ohio, so I was like, "That sounds good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm always like that. I always, I keep saying that, like, this show, if this show can get me five thousand dollars a month, my wife will quit her job, and we will be rich. I will be rich if I make sixty thousand dollars a year. Right. <laughs> like, I feel like sixty thousand dollars is an in, like, is an amount of money that I can really make work here. And that, like, that's been my goal. What my first goal with the show is two thousand dollars a month, which is roughly what I made as a cable guy. And now I'm making that. I'm making what I made as a cable guy. And then my next goal is like, I'll be rich when I can pay my student loans and my rent and all my bills on time, and like make sure that it all, you know, make sure I'm not juggling, like disconnect notice. Because I've been doing that. I mean, I'm so fucking tired. Of juggling disconnect notices because I've been doing it since I was fucking 19 years old. And it feels like an endless fucking thing where it's like, okay, I got to make a payment deal. <laughs> I got a payment deal with plan with the electric company. I got a payment plan with the fucking gas company. My phone bill is fucking $300 a month. And it's just like, I just want, I, and I know, I fucking know. That the day that I make $60,000 a year will be the day that my bills are roughly $59,000 a year. (laughs) I just know it. I just feel like, like I'm, I'm, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a modest guy because I'm like, I love to be comfortable and I would love money. Like, I think that's a thing that people don't like, uh, like they don't give enough credit or they don't talk about that enough with people that are broke like that don't have money is that like they all want money they they're not living this to have honor you know what i mean like they're not you're not living broke to have some sort of honor i think sometimes some of the the discourse online is about the honorable working class and it's like man you know like i don't know anybody that I don't know anybody that's working class that wants to be like, I'm an artist now, so I don't have to be. And like, I, my goal the whole time I was out there doing those real fucking jobs was to not be doing that anymore. (laughs) And that's probably, that's most people's It's like, you know, I used to get real sad because there were these older guys at the cable company that would talk about how I'm a company man, you know, I'm going to be here forever. I'm, I'm, I'm too old to do anything else. And, like, I never said this to them, but, like, that job can just fucking flick them off like a fucking flea. You know what I mean? Like, you're making too much money. We can't pay you anymore. You're out. Because they do that. They do at a lot of jobs. They keep giving you raises and raises and raises. And then once you start making an amount of money that they don't like anymore, then they figure out how to fire you. Or you're the first person laid off. When they're laying people off, they don't – they lay off – like when they lay people off, they lay off the people that are making the most money, not the people with the least amount of money. I know the big company in town here is nationwide. And a lot of times what they'll do is like they'll go to like their tech or programming department and they'll fire or they'll they'll lay everybody off that is making money, like that is uh, making a decent amount of money. And then they'll hire contractors after that. And then that job that used to be a job that you could make a living doing becomes a contract job that you have for about a year and they're, you know, they're not paying your, your taxes. So you're an independent contractor and all that shit. Like that's the world, the world we live in now 
is all independent contracting. That's almost why mine and mine and Drew's job makes sense now because everybody's fucking independent contracting. Oh yeah, because I I mean if you got to pay the fifteen point three percent, right? You got to pay mm-hmm. the Medicare and Social Security. You you got to pay that. You got to pay the self employment tax. And mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, look, paying paying taxes that that is what it is. I'll pay the I'll pay the tax. You know, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna say, well, you know, you used it for wars and stuff. I mean, you want to though. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and look, uh, uh, it, it's not it's not yeah it's not willing. It's because that's the law, and you have to you have to abide by the law. And look, you can. You can smoke weed in your house when nobody is looking, even if it's not legal. But you have to pay your taxes because everybody knows all the numbers of everything. Yeah. So you got to pay your 15.3%. Yeah, I, I used to work temp jobs. Uh, my last job I had, it was in 2003. Uh, I was working and I was working as a temp. And uh, I was doing research and development in, in a lab somewhere here in Columbus. Um, and I said... Uh, you know, I invented a couple things. I got a couple patents. And uh, I said, okay, well, my temp contract is up. Are you guys going to hire me? And they're like, well, no, but you can keep working as a temp. And I was like, no, I want... And at that time, I was like, I want $30,000 and I want health insurance. Like, I I felt like uh, I was slamming the gavel down, like $30,000 and I want basic health insurance because back then it was legal to not have health insurance. So I didn't. <laughs> and uh, I mean, also I was young and healthy and I would like not go roller skating. I never did anything dangerous because <laughs> I didn't have insurance. Look, there's a story that but, Brett tells on this show of like he was working at a place and he hurt his he had gotten carpal tunnel. Yeah. And uh, from the job, if you're loading trucks. You're like gonna get carpal tunnel, and he fucking was break dancing one day and hurt his wrist. But it was not just that. Yeah. And yeah. like he, they, the state wouldn't pay for it, the job wouldn't pay for it, or anything like that. Oh, they yeah. were like, you hurt yourself break dancing. And actually, Jason, the guy that does this show, he's he was a contractor as a mover, a fucking mover, and he didn't have health insurance because they don't give health insurance. They right. paid him. I don't know. I think they, they probably paid him like $16 an hour or something like that. He's living in kind of a cheaper neighborhood and shit. And uh, both of his ankles are shot. Because mm-hmm. when you run, he moves. Like he's a mover that specializes in moving very heavy things. Yeah. And things that are hard to get. Like so if you got to get something up in a tall building. Yeah. He's yeah. got to go up the stairs and do it. He, like he worked for a place that was basically piano movers. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. their job, and uh, he his ankles were shot, and he called his boss and was like, "Can I get a couple days off? My ankles are really fucked up." And his boss was like, "I can't afford to have you off work," and like just yeah. was like, "Either you come in or you're fired." And it's like, man, they're just throwing people away now, and like, oh, yeah, you want like it just I don't know I don't feel like anybody gets their job now like and keeps it forever. I don't know if that ever happened. I don't know the history of it, but I don't think like you can even depend now on going and get a real job and keeping it forever, right? 
Well, I, I think what, what got everybody fucked up is that our parents worked in the boom economy. And that's not their, it's not their fault. I mean, if, if we were in a boom economy right now, we'd be like, yeah, just buy a house. It'll go up in value. Why are you such a dumbass? Yeah. Just, just get a job and stay there. They'll keep paying you more and they'll give you free health insurance. What the fuck is your problem? Right? That's what we would be telling our yeah, kids yeah, if we yeah. were in a boom economy. Because for as for as as much as we know, we became adults and things were easy and we went and got some shitty job and immediately bought a house for, for fifteen thousand dollars, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we're like, Well, I got my eight hundred dollar car and I'm contributing to my four oh one K and everything's great. So if you're not doing well, you fucked up. Yeah. Right. And of course, things are back to normal now. This is how shit usually was. Yeah. Is that most people were fucked. Yeah. I think it's always. Yeah. Because like, you know, somebody posted did a really good tweet last week about the stock market is not the economy and it only goes up because they're not they're paying. They're not paying you. And you're like, I like so Donald Trump goes on TV and just says the economy's fucking booming. And then we sit in our house with a pile of disconnect notices in front of us. Like if it's booming. It must be my fault that I'm, I'm broke. It's like, it's not your fucking fault. Wages are low as shit right now. And again, you just like the word career is fucking crazy. It's like, that's not a real thing anymore. You don't get to like, just get a job. And, and like, uh, specialize in one thing. They even use it as, like, a bonus thing. They're like, a lot of people are doing two, three careers now. <laughs> and you're like, mm, that doesn't sound <laughs> great. Right. It's like the idea that, because that's the idea that your life becomes your work. And if you're not doing what I do for a living, you don't want your life to become your work. You know, that a creative thing. If you're not doing something that fulfills you then you want work to just be a side thing that you do. And then when you get off, you do the things that fulfill you. But instead we are in a world now where it seems like your job needs to fucking like they want, they want your job to be your, your, your biggest relationship, even over your family. A lot of times. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. People use that word. We're a family. Yeah. That's always never true. I mean, I've said it on the show a million times. Like, if your job says that you're their family, they're lying. And that's not true. And they're using that to manipulate. Well, if you make, <laughs> if you make too much money, your wife's not going to leave. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, forget exactly who said it. But the comeback to that is, if you drop dead right now, your employer wouldn't put an obituary in the paper. They would put out a one ad. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. true. Oh, I want to do this news story that's been sitting in my uh, sitting in my uh, folder for like a week, and I thought we could have some fun with this. It's in Mongo- It's an old one. It's from July nineteenth. Jeez, way behind Brian. But it's so stupid that I wanted to talk about it on the show, and it seems like the conversation is in a spot where this will this will help move like move the show along. If I say. Oh, this article is so annoying. If I say lover of naps, selfies, and participation trophies, what you would say, millennials. According to one Alabama minor league baseball team, there those are the pillars of life for people born between the 1980s and early 2000s, along with avocados, craft beer, and safe spaces. 
In an effort to bring younger fans to the ballpark, the Montgomery Biscuits are hosting Millennial Night this weekend, but their advertising on social media set an eruption of mixed feedback from the very group they're trying to they're trying to attract. And they weren't trying to attract <laughs> young people. They were trying to attract like the ugliest, grossest old people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like uh, the Tampa Bay Rays double-A affiliate, currently with a record of 15 and 11, tweeted last week, Want free things without doing much work? Well, you're in luck. Riverwalk Stadium will be millennial-friendly on Saturday, July 21st. First, with a participation ribbon giveaway just for showing up, napping, and selfie station, along with lots of avocados. So, this baseball team decided it would be really funny to do Millennial Night, and that was what they were doing. They were saying, you get naps, because apparently... Well, this is the thing that people talked about, is like, working all day sucks, and it burns you out. Maybe you could give people a little bit of time to do something themselves. They're not saying, can I have a nap room? They're saying, like, leave me the fuck alone for two hours while I'm in the middle of, <laughs> in the, middle of the work day. Like, it would make my day easier. The, the millennial stuff is so, so nasty. I've never said anything about a, a fucking baby boomer. That is to the level of what these people say about millennials and what they're essentially doing, I believe, is they're dehumanizing this younger generation, which, by the way, is a very loosely defined group. And you'll find that the more loosely you define a group, the, the easier it is to take people you don't like and shove them in the group. So by taking people and casting them as this hated group of millennials... And then crafting this sort of idea of millennials as having moral deficiencies. Like, they like avocados, which are gross, which is true. <laughs> avocados are... Look, we live in Ohio. Avocados are not good here. You know, maybe if you go somewhere tropical, avocados are good. They're not good here. But they're, they're just boring food here. They seem yeah. very boring to me. Yeah. I yeah. use them in a smoothie because it makes it like a texture thing. But, like, yeah, I wouldn't like, just eat one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I think really what they're trying to do is they're dog whistling with this millennial thing. They're dog whistling to the old people and they're saying, look, we hate the younger generation. And by, by casting this younger generation in this role of people who don't do any work, who, who nap, right? And, and ask yourself if there's ever been any racial stereotyping regarding people who nap. Um, yeah. <laughs> so by by doing this, they're basically saying, "Look, uh, these millennials deserve their lack of a full time job. They deserve their lack of a career. They deserve, you know, emerging into the workplace and, and having, whether they have training or not, they deserve only having temp jobs, and and all this and all that, and uh, basically telling these baby boomers that look, it's okay for you to keep working." It's okay for you to, like, have these, these horrible attitudes about this younger generation who really you should be empowering and you should be teaching because they're going to be there after you're fucking dead. <laughs> I also feel like they, they – I think the things – because what it does a lot of times is the millennial stuff seems like it's set up so that, like, people don't feel comfortable asking for more. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they're trying to create a yes. world that is better, like progress. Like 
you know, let's take time off in the middle of the day. Maybe this thing doesn't need to run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Leave me alone when I'm not at work. Because a lot that's one of the complaints a lot of times is they're like, they turn their phones off. They don't even answer the phone for work. And it's like, fuck, why would they? They ain't getting paid for that. Well, and see, here's the thing is when we were working 10 or 20 years ago, there was no getting a hold of me. There was no yeah. asking me to do anything. Number one, I couldn't log into your shit from home. Number two, there's nothing I could do at 10 o'clock at night that that would be relevant because uh-huh. business opens at 8 in the morning. If I'm going to do something for you, I'm going to come into work at 8 o'clock and I'm going to make some calls or I'm going to get on your local computer system or whatever. I'm going to sort shit out. Now, because of social media and everything else, these fucking employers who all coincidentally are are – you know, these these older people that say this shit about millennials, they're like, well, I can't call, I can't call my millennial bitch at 11 p.m. <laughs> and make him do this shit and go in and fix my Twitter for me or whatever. Uh, fucking, and, and, you know, maybe they wouldn't need naps if they didn't have to work 16 hours a day, motherfucker. Like, yeah. you work eight hours a day and you get an hour in the middle for lunch. Yeah. Well, they're also working for... Like, all the things that they complain, besides avocados, right? (laughs) Like, all the things that they complain about millennials for wanting tend to be labor movement advances. That Like, oh, they want insurance for just doing flipping burgers. Oh, they want $15 an hour just for working at Walmart. Oh, they want breaks in the middle of the day. They don't want to have to... They don't. They don't. They don't want to give their whole life over to their boss, and it's like you, like there are no fucking job. Like, okay, so those like, I feel like there's a couple ways that you can structure work, right? Where one of those ways is that everybody's desperate; they'll take what they can get, and you can treat people like shit. The other way that you can structure work is to 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 make it so that like. Everybody's working together to make things easier and they're trying to do things in the most efficient like because like a lot of this stuff is even like inefficient because they want you for the whole time. You know what like like at the cable company, I had to work until five o'clock every single day. It didn't matter if I got my work done at 10 o'clock in the morning or I got my work done at five or at well, they were fine with if I got it done at 6 yeah, or 7 yeah. or 8 o'clock. They were totally fine. But I couldn't just go home when I finished. They added new work that didn't need to be done. It was just side work is what they called it. And they do the same thing at, like, other places. And I think a lot of the millennial stuff, like, that's why I think there are cool – I mean, in any way that there is a generation, you know. I don't. I think that's such a – like you said, that's such a large – like definition of people yeah. like such a yeah. large ca- but i i admire them because they're trying to take back a little bit of what they have and like the other i i also think that the other way to to run work is that you pay people enough so that they like the job you know you pay people enough and treat them in a way so that they feel good coming to work they don't feel they don't feel like desperate or depressed and like don't want to do the job and i that's the way millennials seem to think or that's the way that they they when they categorize millennials in this way 
the way that they're categorizing them makes it to me sound like these people are fighting for what they deserve and we don't like it. I wish we would have done it, but we didn't. So now are we, you know, we could have like a thing like we could have asked for extra time off during the day or more vacation, but we didn't. We just stayed at work and took what they gave us. And it's like, but that's not cool. <laughs> like that's not that just because it's traditional doesn't make it good. <laughs> Minimum wage peaked 50 years ago, I think. I yeah. want to say it was 1968, adjusted for inflation, you know, buying power, whatever. So those same people who would tell someone my age that, you know, they're not working hard enough. They, yeah. I mean, they making $8 an hour. You can't live on $8 an hour. Now. No. It's just you have to have it. And then they expect you. It's not the thing they don't fucking talk about either. It's a lot of these people. I mean, this is boomers too. I don't think it's Generation X. It's boomers. It's millennials. It's all of these people. We're all working more than one job a lot of times. Like so many boomers are driving for Lyft on Friday and Saturday after oh, yeah. work. You know, when you ride in, have you, do you ride in any of them ever? Uh, rarely, rarely. Well, but I, I have, I took a, a uh, my car got towed the other day. Uh, I, I took a Lyft. Uh, I talked to the driver uh, and he basically said, you know, I've tried to do a bunch of shit. I tried to be a mailman. Um, and he went in and tried to be a mailman. Uh, and this guy, by the way, uh, super nice guy, really interesting guy. Uh, he said he went in and tried to be a mailman because down at the post office where, where, you, where you have your P.O. box, uh, there's a big thing on the wall and it says $16 an hour. Um, but they would make him, they would pay him like whatever for, for whatever an hour and they would make him go in and work 10 or 12 hours a day and that would be 6 days a week mm-hmm. and that is not and that is not work where it's like oh i had to stay 2 hours extra typing in you know uh typing in posts for for the company <laughs> blog yeah. uh, i had to uh you know i had to stay late and uh you know, file these reports and, and click on files and stuff. He was walking around with everybody's fucking mail. Yeah. And the worst thing, dude, I was at the fair, the Ohio State Fair, right? And they're, they make this big job and it seems really, you know, it used to seem innocuous to me. It maybe used to seem helpful. Now it seems really fucking dystopian that they have these big signs everywhere and they say there's 141,000 jobs in Ohio right now. Why don't you have one? And it's like, because they're fucking horrible. They all suck. They're all fucking horrible. And this guy has to drive, he has to take his own car... And he has to drive people around in his own car. And it is what it is. It's a living. He did a good job. He's a nice guy. He paid attention to the traffic laws. He did a good job. I tipped him. He made money from the company. Not enough money. No. But but that was better than being a mailman, yeah. which used to be a career. You could be a mailman and you were a fucking fixture of the community. Yeah. Well, now there's more mail, too. There's so much more mail now. They make it sound like, you know, people send emails now, so they don't send letters. And I was like, yeah, but people order their groceries through the mail now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it is a a different, 
It is a different thing. Yeah, yeah. Post office used to be like a great fucking job. That was like one like when you when I was a kid, there were like a few jobs that you were like shooting for, and it was like post office, police, which mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time though, you know, before I knew a lot about the police, like I was just kind of like, well, they pay a bunch. <laughs> and uh you retire I, after 20 years. Yeah, I wasn't I don't think I ever I considered the military once because we were really me and Katie were really broke and it was before my daughter was born and I was just like I could solve all these problems if I just would join the fucking military which probably wouldn't have solved all those problems <laughs> but they, I thought they paid a lot they you know? may have they may have started additional problems for you <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. so so yeah my dad was in the service um and they actually because he was he was in during this narrow window when the United States was not at war so from from the late 50s to the early 60s the United States was actually not at war. Yeah. And so they they uh they wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't give him any medical care or anything after the fact, but um so he was in the service and I remember signing up for the selective service and uh I was like, you know, do I have to do this? And he was like, "Yes. You know, it's legal. It's the law. When you turn 18, you have to sign up for the SSA, whatever, and then they can draft you. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be fucking drafted. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm four out. I lived in Cincinnati at the time. I was like, I'm four hours from Canada. I'm fucking walking to Canada. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was like, bullshit, Drew, you're not going. <laughs> and, and that was like one of the, and I mean, I, I mean, I had fights. I argued with my parents or whatever, but that was like our first main ideological argument where I was like, I'm not going to fucking war. Uh-huh. I'm, I know about it. I know what happens. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> and my other, my, uh, uh, my, my other big argument I had with him was after 2001, uh, the TSA started hiring. And this was before anybody knew what the TSA did. Um, and he went, he actually, because, uh, you know, I, I I was just finishing up college. I was in my fifth year of college or whatever. Uh, and uh, I I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to work for the TSA. I don't know. Like, And he went and got an application form. And I told him I filled it out. But it was like 20 pages long. And I was like, I'm not filling this thing out. And I don't want to be like a plane cop anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the TSA was like... Uh... I mean, wasn't it? Didn't that end up being a crummy job, though? In the end, like, weren't they only paying like nine dollars an hour for that too? Like, oh with contractors gosh. or something? I don't know. TSA are the meanest people in the fucking world. Like, that's the closest I think a civilian gets to feel to being in the military because you show up to a place and a bunch of people look through your shit and scream at you, <laughs> 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 and then you get on an airplane. <laughs> look at your fucking balls and the, with the laser. I know. <laughs> it's as close. It's close. I know that the military, Josh, you, you've done stuff. And like, I know that it's harder than that, but it is like my vision of it was always like, some guy's going to fucking yell at me and some guy's going to be mean to me and I'm going to hate it. And I'm not going to be in the military. Like, I can't do it. I can't take the, the screaming actually. I all I looked at was I googled how much they made when I was 17 and I was working at this warehouse and making I think 850 an hour and you know 
obviously pre-woke period. I didn't fucking read books. I didn't, you know what I mean? I was okay. just like, I'll make this much money and my fucking parents will leave me alone. Yeah. And I can move really far away. That's all that really was. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense though. Like I've seen, the, I don't know why, but like to, when you see the salary for the military when you're like a, like a kid growing up with when you're about to turn 21 and you're looking at how much or 18 and you're looking at how much rent is and you're looking at how much bills are and you're looking at how much you're fucking making at your shitty job and like you're not going to college like i just i didn't feel like college was even ever gonna my parents made good money but there were five of us it's like you can't send five people to college. That's like fucking five million dollars or whatever, or five hundred thousand dollars. So, and and like uh, I did, I looked into it. I looked into that. I looked at. I didn't look seriously into any of that stuff. Like I didn't like spend any amount of time entertain. Like the recruiter came to the school and talked to us, and I didn't even engage them. And I actually back then I told when they called my house to recruit me. I kind of was just like, I mean, I, I had done a lot of drugs and like, uh, I'm also gay and some, like, I just said a bunch of things that I thought they wouldn't yeah. like bother me anymore. And then they never called again. And like it was you, like, ah, oh. like you got called into jury duty and you're like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I never, I'm bad at saying no. I would, if I would have engaged that recruiter. I would have gone to the military. And I, I know, so. I know, I'm fucking stupid, dude. If somebody starts, when I go to buy a cell phone, like, I, they take advantage of me. So they just sit there and they're just like, well, I, you know, and like somebody starts talking to you and convinces me of something and they're coming from a place of authority. Because the guy in the military back when I, in 1997, right? If you were going, to join the military, they were able to say, we haven't been at war in like 10 years. It's yeah. fucking yeah. great. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, how my, that's how my dad tried to sell me on it. Yeah. So, so I went to, uh, I went to the university of Cincinnati. Um, and I did because, um, it was basically, they were so desperate for kids from Cincinnati to go to school there that they basically you would go in you would write an essay and if you could write like coherently they would let you go there for free <laughs> and this was only again this was only in the 90s like when shit was going well yeah right so this was night it was this was 1997 so I went in and I did this and then I got into a program where I could work during school whatever um but that's what in this recruiter kept calling me my dad kept saying he and this was like my the one thing my dad said more than anything else was God damn it Drew, <laughs> yeah so, God damn it Drew they're gonna you're not gonna go to war and I was like dude I'm gonna fucking go to Iraq he's like we haven't been in Iraq since 1991 and I was like we're going back to Iraq yeah well it was even just like like people would they would say like we haven't been at war for 10 years and I just always used to be like yeah but I don't get to decide if we go to war <laughs> you know like I'm not yeah. part of that decision making yeah. process so oh, and, I and think I don't want to do that multiple you know what multiple people told me is oh you're not going to be on the front line well I don't want to be on the second front line either yeah. I yeah. don't want to be involved in the fucking war I knew a guy that tried to convince me like what you got to do is you got to get there and then be like working a mechanic and then they can't send you to do war. And I'm like, you have to go through boot camp. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, 
I mean, I don't imagine they train you to do it. <laughs> just like, because like, I mean, if you're, you can go be a mechanic, right? Yeah. But they can also just be like, you're not a mechanic anymore. You have to go fight now. Right. Oh yeah, you you don't have any power over it, and that's something. Uh, and this actually took me a really long time to learn is that I really fucking hate authority. Me too. I just, I just absolutely, I've never recognized authority at all. And it's always been, to me, it's like, if you're gonna, if you start acting like that to me, if you start acting like you have authority over me, I get suspicious. Yeah. Like instantly. And that's, uh, Do you find, do you find that you're like not, uh, you, you're not intimidated by authority? Is that, is that kind of your, cause like for me. I'll explain how I look at authority because I hate authority, right? Yeah. But I recognize them as being above me on a hierarchy as having their authority. And, like, I know I yell anti-authority stuff on this show all the time and I say all these things. But, like, I'm afraid of authority. I'm afraid of the people in authority. Like, I was, I was, like, my parents weren't abusive or anything, but I was afraid of them. And I was afraid of all my teachers that they could fuck my life up. I'm afraid of the fucking police. I'm afraid of fucking, I'm afraid of Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Like authority. I hate that. It, I think that might be why I'm an anarchist, right? Like that I hate so much that it exists because I feel like it's hanging over my head and it causes me anxiety, just general like living anxiety that there's all this authority and I recognize all of it, you know, I recognize like we talk on this show a lot about sovereign citizens where they're like, I don't recognize your authority. And they're like, you know, getting tased. And I admire that. Like, is that maybe the the way that you see it more than like, do you see it more in the sovereign citizen way? <laughs> that's why that's well, such a part of our character on this show is because the sovereign citizen thing of being like, you don't have power over me. Well, I, is really appealing to me, but then also getting tased and like not and like I think that they're delusional and that they're just like you don't have authority over me. It's like well they do. I mean they well, zap well, you and stuff. Right, and and so I think for me, I think authority and power are are separate. Where yeah, you know, if you're the bailiff of the court, I recognize that you have power, you have physical power yeah. over me. If I'm in the court, I can't be like. I don't believe in this. You can't do shit. Like I, I don't. But but so authority to me is. Um, so I mean I understand the power dynamic that people try to set up, and I understand what people get out of having power over you. I've had a lot of shitty bosses. I've had shitty bosses very recently. You know, I freelance. Um, I, I do short-term work, I do contract work, I do a bunch of stuff. Because, you know, if you work for yourself, if you work at home, if you do creative projects, you're always spinning plates and you never make enough money doing one thing. So you're always doing ten fucking things, right? So, but my thing is, is that this is, I feel like this, I've had the privilege of having some really great perspective about this, which is that authority is fake and also being in trouble is fake. So... Like be uh, like yes if yes if there's a cop you 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 know the cop is the cop you can't say I don't believe in cops because you know it may be true you don't like cops whatever uh, but the cop has power so you have to like you have to be able to play the game even as you don't believe in their right to have power over you uh -huh. you know what I'm saying so like. Uh, 
the the thing is is that it's it's really easy to look at a cop or at you know somebody who is a really slick manager at the Verizon store that's like let me set you up on this plan look at this you're gonna have more look you're gonna this is just child's play you're gonna have more data you're gonna have more minutes here Brian. <laughs> And uh, really, what you're going to do is you're going to link this up, and this is going to be $2.99 a month, but this is really going to save you money in the long term. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. <laughs> That's how I pay $300. <laughs> but but so I I think really like, and and part of it is that like, I, I think I've said this on Street Fight before, but I, I, I'm pretty much a nihilist. Like, I don't think there's any meaning in anything, and I don't totally believe in anything. And... Um, just from a statistical standpoint, it's likely that this is all a simulation. So that like underlies my understanding of reality. And also like uh, some people may think that's psychotic, which it, it, I mean, it may be, but I'm pretty grounded in reality, but I'm just aware that nothing is real. And so that's the thing is that I don't think that authority is real because I don't think that any person legitimately from any source of of power or righteousness or anything that comes from outside of just the the bulk of human existence is giving anybody any authority over other people and i don't i i i have a full understanding that all of the power structures in human society come from within there's nothing coming from outside of human society that's a big hand crushing down, whether it's the free market or whether it's God or whether it's some sort of external structure to the universe saying, hey, this is true authority. This is how things are meant to be. All of it's bullshit. And, and look, you have to play the game with the cop. Look, I got pulled over leaving your neighborhood a couple months ago, a few months ago, and I was real nice to the cop. Uh, uh, and, and she said, you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, I guess because I'm lost. And she's like, no, your muffler's loud. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. And she's like, so what are you doing? And I was like, I was over at my buddy's house. We were recording a podcast. And she looks at me. And I see she gets this look on her, on her face like, all right, this guy's just a fucking nerd. And she goes, I know what a podcast is. She hands my driver's license back to me and just walks back to her car and drives off. Yeah. <laughs> but, in, in, you know, again, I, in, in that just like pulls back the curtain again that I had a very easy time because I'm a fucking nerdy, uh, almost 40-year-old guy stone cold sober like driving through a very nice neighborhood in a relatively nice car that happens to have a loud muffler <laughs> and i'm like i'm out late doing nerdy shit and she's like all right cool like i need to go find somebody else to bust yeah right it, it, but i mean authority is completely fake in, in fucking being in trouble the idea that you're gonna be in trouble from your boss you're going to be in, in trouble from, you know, your friends or you're going to be in trouble online, especially I think it's something we've all experienced is, is, you know, you said something online, not something hurtful to people, something that just other people don't like and they, and they need to react to it and they need to put you in trouble. Yeah. Just as a way of asserting their own power. So like and being in trouble is you're right that it all comes from inside of us because the things that keeps like basically everything I do is to stay out of trouble 
You know, like, and it's what I consider to be trouble. What is the most trouble? And like, it is something that somebody put, like a guy can be like, oh, you know, maybe not the police, but when, when you're, when you got a utility that's about to be turned off, you don't have the money, have the money, and you have to call to set up a payment plan with the people on the at the gas company. Right. Like I'm super intimidated by them. Like I just get on there and I'm like, oh man. And you know, doing this show and talking to so many different types of people who are like, I don't fucking care. You know, like I, like you know, the woman on the other end of the phone doesn't even care about why I can't pay the bill. She's like, she can either fix it or she can't fix it. <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. But when I call, when I talk to him, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm just like, like, I just feel like I'm in so much trouble and it would be freeing. I think if I could think of it without, because you're right, you're totally right. Like, like I spend my whole day thinking I'm in trouble, right? Like that, that somebody's sitting somewhere and they're, they're mad at me. And I'm in trouble. And like, I just, that's how I think all the time. Like whether it's my landlord, there's long periods of time every year, right before my lease is up, I get nervous thinking about my landlord, thinking about me and being like, I don't like this guy. He's messing up my house. I need, I need to get rid of him, (laughs) you know? And that, I mean, that does seem like trouble. The way that you phrase trouble is like, I, that's the way I want to see it, you know, (laughs) like that's the way I I think that seems very freeing. I think like so much of people's anxiety comes from the concept of being like, they just don't want to be in trouble. And, you know, for me, this isn't like some excuse or anything like that, but I was a bad kid growing up. So I was always in fucking trouble and I just carried that over to my adult life and let people let people put that. I just let people have that, like have the satisfaction of being like, you're in trouble. I don't like you. You know, oh, <laughs> it I freaks was, me out. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was a pain in the ass when I was a kid. And it's just a, a matter of, you know, uh, doing what you feel like you have to do or like you want to do. And, I, uh, you know, I was real fucking annoying. I, I was real fucking aggressive sometimes I, I wouldn't get in fights. I wouldn't pick on people and be shitty to people, but I would fuck around. <laughs> like, my whole existence, my whole life has just been fucking around. And, and something, you know, uh, people in authority would say was, why don't you stop fucking around? When are you going to quit fucking around? And the answer is that I'm never going to quit fucking around because that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's my goal is to fuck around. So my solution to the problem is not to quit fucking around. It's for me to find a way to exist in like this shitty world with all these with all these power structures and find a way to fuck around. And luckily, again, I'm I'm not ignorant of my privilege. You know, I'm a, a, a fucking Irish dude. Walking around, I'm a, I'm a straight white man walking around, and people give me opportunities that other people don't have. People are going to give me opportunities that women don't have, and that minorities don't have, and that LGBT people don't have. And, and you know, that is what it is. So it's easy for me to say, right. hey, you know, I fucking hate authority, where yeah, I just want to be left alone. And if yeah. you have a problem with authority and the three of us are straight white devils, 
it's comparatively very easy for them to just for us to just be left alone. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's this, very easy this for is us. A, this, this is a very different conversation. You know, it's not a cop bothering you because your muffler's loud or you know uh, your lease not being renewed. I went to the same school that Brian did. I was 10 years behind. <laughs> it was probably our, way worse. <laughs> our school sucked. We probably used the same textbooks. I was not educated at all. Um, but still, there are people in the same city that had it so much worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it, I guess it's easy to... I think maybe I guess what I'm trying to say is we have the responsibility to... I guess challenge that authority, yeah. Because um, it's it's easy for us to just ignore it, and it's easy for us to challenge too. It's not even as hard. Like you can do things as a straight white man that they will just chalk up to mischief. You know what I mean? Like things you can. I steal from the gro. I always talk about how sure. I steal from the grocery store. You don't do that if you're. If you don't have this like astounding amount of privilege where people aren't ever going <laughs> to accuse you of it. You know, I don't right, have any tattoos. Right. I'm a normal looking guy. And I can get away with a lot of stuff that a black dude could never fucking get away right. with. And if a black dude did some of the things, I mean, like just even getting pulled over with weed in the car. Like, I don't worry about it because I'm like, they ain't going right. to fucking search I me. Mean, I'm somebody's fuck. I'm like some regular old dude, you know? And like, uh, but you don't want to be driving around with weed in the car if, if you're somebody that the cops would target and yeah. beat up. But you're right. Like, that should, you should, like, I like the idea of, like, that's how I sort of, like, when I go to, when I go to actions, right? Like, when we were at the inauguration, a lot of times I'll stand in the front right by the police because sure. I fucking know they're not going to hit me. And if they do hit me, then I don't care. Number one, I've been hit. It's like not a big deal, but they're probably not going to hit me. You know, like they, I don't, I don't, they just don't do stuff. So it's our job to like kind of stand in front of people and be like, hit me. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, I'm, you won't do anything. They, to me. They, you don't come after me. The, the pigs would look in your eyes and be like, he could have been, I could have been him. I could have took a different path and I would have been him. Brett made the joke on the inauguration week show that he surprised the police didn't just hand me a stick and like, I'd <laughs> be joined them. But it is, that's true though. And like, if you're able to operate in the world in an easier way, then it's your job and you don't believe in authority and you want to smash authority, then it's your job to fucking help with that. You can't, you're right. You could just ignore it. And have it go away, but you 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 should you should challenge it all. In a different situation, uh, Columbus Police Department spokesperson is saying, you know, uh, Drew's uh, muffler was loud. The muffler assumed an aggressive posture, <laughs> so I shot Drew in the car twenty seven times, and it's in the news for two weeks, and then it's over. Yeah, and there's no recourse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, oh, it, ab- absolutely. And the cop goes back to work. Yeah, 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 they always go back to work. If they don't go back to work, they still get pension. It doesn't even fucking matter if they go back to work. Half of them probably like, I hope I don't go back to work. Then I can get that pension. But you're right. I mean, I, I know that you have, I, I, I was, I wanted, I've always wanted to ask you about this, but when I first started following you, you were doing a thing with a dildo at a bank. Oh, yeah. 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 And that's like the kind of thing, like, I don't even, I don't remember exactly what it was. Like, did you, 
I mean, did, did you really do it, actually? Like, put a dildo in the bank thing and send it through the thing? Is that right? Oh, no. No, I didn't. No. no. Oh, what? Okay. No, that no, that's what I said. No, I mean, uh, uh, I, I write stuff that's fictional because I'm oh. not... Cause, okay, so here's the thing. So, um, I was at the bank and I was putting in... Because... Um, it's this whole situation where I have websites and like I get these little like seven dollar checks, so I gotta like pile them up and go to the and I, I'm a, uh, you know I have a problem with banks, so I use a credit union because I'm like I own the credit union, right? Me too, me too. And, and uh, so I'm at the credit union, but there's no credit union near me, so I gotta drive. And so I'm at, and I was thinking like you know this is just I bet if I fucking put a dildo in here and I hit the button like it would suck the dildo up through the tube and it would shoot the dildo out <laughs> in the fucking bank and uh, whatever and uh, man I thought you so, did that so and no, I was like so uh, I'm surprised you didn't get arrested for that like oh no no so I I probably would have so um so like if I was younger I might have done it just because I'm like whatever fuck it right yeah but you know, I wouldn't do it now because I'm like, well, you know, there's somebody at the bank. And, like, also, it's like, it would be really sexually aggressive because there's a yeah, lot of women sure, working at the yeah. bank. Yes. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, fucking harass ru- I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to ruin, that's my thing. It's like, I don't want to ruin somebody's day. So I'm never going to do anything real like yeah. that. But I posted and I said, um... You know, I put a dildo in the tube thing at the bank, whatever. Um, and and so what I did first is is um, I went uh, to a sex shop and got a dildo. <laughs> and it was like, whatever. It was the dildo size, dildo shaped dildo. And um, took a picture. So I went to a bank that was closed. I went out in the parking lot and I took a picture of myself with the dildo first. So I had that on deck. And then what I did is I said, hey, you know, I put um, I put a dildo in the tube thing at the bank. It's been 10 minutes and um, I'm still waiting in my car and nobody's like coming on the That's street. That's I remember. Nobody's I was talking nervous. to me. And then I posted uh, like half an hour later and I was like, uh, cops are here. Yeah. And then uh, uh, I said, you know, cops are here. And I posted and I was like, well, you know, everybody got mad and I didn't get the dildo back. And then I posted it <laughs> like, I posted at like 5.15 and I was like, guess who went to the dumpster by the bank and got their dildo back? And I posted <laughs> the picture of me with the dildo so it made the whole thing seem real. Damn, so it was all, funny. so it was all set up in advance. And I, that's smart because I would have thought like, Oh, if you're going to do the dildo thing, you got to do the dildo thing. <laughs> have it, to do it and then get actually around. I'm an idiot. It's kind of an awkward moment to see someone take a picture of their food for Instagram or take a selfie and then look at it and go, no, that's not too, that's not good. And then they yeah. take another one. But like, just imagine you're at Chase to deposit a check and Drew's in the fucking parking lot <laughs> holding a dildo, <laughs> trying to get that in the shot with like the yeah. like the facade of the bank so you can tell what's going on. Yeah. God, that's yeah. so fucking fun. I'm so glad you didn't do that. Like I was like, I was like, uh, I mean like just for your sake because I really do think they probably would have fucking called the police. Oh, but, oh, putting the would've. thought into not doing it, to, like put, just... I'm I'm not smart enough to be like I'm always just like oh the only way that radio works is if you really do the stuff. <laughs> so. Well, uh, uh, I mean, no, I mean, I think 
I've had really weird experiences at stores and stuff anyway. I don't know if it's because I'm like really, I'm really friendly. And also uh, people in the Midwest, if you're listening to this, you're not in the Midwest. People in the Midwest are really super friendly. And I didn't understand this until um, I went and I traveled. And it turns out that people in other parts of the country are normal and we're like really super friendly. And so, like, I am, am, like, Midwest friendly, and I make eye contact with people. As I'm walking around, I'm living my life, and I say hi to them. If people start talking to me, you know, I'll talk to them. I don't give a shit. I don't have anywhere to go, and I like talking to people. And I'm interested, especially if people are weird, right? It's just cool. So I don't know if it's that people get really comfortable with me or what, but, like, um... There's a, a drive through Asian restaurant around here, and it's like multi-Asian because they have Vietnamese, they have uh, uh, Chinese, they have Thai food. So it's like all this, but it's really good and it's really cheap. Um, but I, I go there and I have these sunglasses because I'm fucking blind. And so I wear these, these glasses that are really strong prescription. I have these glasses that go over my glasses. Um, I actually... The, the first pair of them I ever had, I stole from my dad, like, a very, very long time ago when he had cataract surgery when I was a kid. And I've, I've just been wearing them ever since because I'm like, these look fucking cool. And nobody else ever picked them up. So I was like, this is my thing, right? And so I was wearing them. And then the guy got so comfortable at the Asian drive through place. He's like, can I see your sunglasses? And I like kind of turn my head because I'm, because I've got a kid and I'm like, see with your eyes, not with your hands. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so he's like, no, give me your sunglasses. So I handed them to him. He put them on and he ran around the restaurant showing all the other employees. He's like, Hey, I'm the guy that comes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that like, so great. I'm the guy that comes here. <laughs> well, Man, I feel like I accused you of doing a dildo thing. <laughs> Sorry. I remember that tweet. It's always stuck out of my head, and I always mean to ask you, so I probably should do it not on the air. But No, it's fine. If anybody <laughs> would have done it, I probably would have done it. I thought it was funny. I'm, I'm, I'm very into the idea of messing with people. Like, I love that, like, pranked stuff. Yeah. Like, I think it's funny. I think some of it. I mean, obviously, sure. you don't want to bug somebody on their day off, but... So uh, I think we got it here. Um, I just want to say that going back to the baseball team, it's pretty fucking rich that a minor league baseball team is going to kind of be sassy about, you know, uh, wanting people wanting something for nothing because <laughs> when it comes to labor, few things are worse than minor league baseball. <laughs> I think that like the average minor league baseball salary is less than $10,000 a year. Yeah. They yeah. prey on people that... Like want to make it but never can. Those guys work for nothing. It really sucks. They're it's super predatory owning a minor league baseball team. So it's it's pretty it's pretty aggravating that they're gonna. Hey, you guys want something for nothing? Yeah. You spoiled you spoiled brats. Hey, stupid. Why don't you work for eight thousand dollars a year? That's, yeah. That's classic projection, though, right? Yeah. All right. Well, you can uh, you can. You know all the stuff. I'm not gonna. I'm not doing all the Brett stuff. You can buy Kratom in the fucking store. Store.streetfight.com. Streetfightradio.com. I think we got a T-shirt coming out soon. And Chicago Labor Day weekend on Sunday. Brett and I will be at the hideout and doing jokes, and we're already writing it, so you know it's gonna be good. 
Uh, <laughs> sometimes we don't do that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, come out to Chicago. I think the tour is also still happening. I'll have more information on that when Brett gets back from vacation. Thank you, Drew. He's Drew Toothpaste on Twitter and Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Go to Patreon. Drew sends cool stuff and he's cool. So, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And Josh, username Joshua on Twitter. I don't I don't have a Patreon, but I am sustained by your follows and faves. So. Yeah. All right. Good night. Bye, everyone.